I think they get in their own way. There's just so much to trip people up. Um, and, and, uh, they drive themselves a little bit too nuts when really at the end of the day, all it is is a damn house. Just buy it, rent it and learn from your mistakes. What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. STR Nation, before we get into this week's episode, I've got some I am so excited to share with you guys. For the last couple of years, we've been recruiting and training virtual assistants for our private mastermind students, and we have now a officially open that up to the public. So if you are looking to hire a virtual assistant for your short-term rental business, then go to strsecrets.com slash VA and we will recruit, onboard, and train a VA for you. And if they don't save you at least 40 hours a month in admin work, then you don't pay. So I put a crazy guarantee on this because I've been testing this out for the last two years with our mastermind members. And I'm so confident that it works that if it doesn't, randomly work for you, I'm literally going to give your money back. So if you want more info on that offer, head over to strsecrets.com slash VA. And now let's get to this week's episode. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here as always with my brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani, coming all the way in from Portugal now? Where the hell are you this time? <laughs> Yeah, I we just got to Lisbon uh, yesterday, so Natasha uh, has has a home base here. She's kind of from here. She got between here and Angola, um, so it's been good. Actually, I'm super grateful because this has been the best Wi-Fi I've had this entire holiday. So actually, this show hopefully is the best quality. My mic did unplug me through the show, so I do apologize. I love you guys, and I'm trying my best to provide quality content in terms of mic, but has been a struggle. So I do acknowledge that. But man, life is good. I just came back from Sardinia. I was there for a couple of days. And it was just two uninterrupted days with family. And like Natasha and her mom hung out back in Rome. So it was just me. And I just spent my days between my aunt's house, my other aunt's house, my grandparents' house. And dude, like I shared this with the boardroom. I'm like, it's not an SDR thing. But I'm like, I share a picture of me and my grandpa. And I'm like, it was, was a Monday. I was there all day. And I didn't look at nothing. I didn't check anything. I didn't respond to anybody about anything. And I just sat next to my grandpa, held his hand, had conversations. And I'm like. To me, man, that's what it's always been about. This is, this is the sauce. You know what I mean? And like, it has that kind of duality of like, it makes you appreciate so much life and mm. it lights this fucking fire under my ass. I apologize for that. Bomb, but like, it just, it just does. Cause I'm like, I haven't been home in like a year and a half, almost two years. And I'm like, I'm grateful that we took such a long holiday, but I'm like, I need to go back and I need, I need it because I want to create an even larger business so that I can be here more often. Cause like, I don't know how much longer they have Two of my grandparents are like 95 and you're starting to see it, right? Like you're starting to see like, you know, like you, you have to hold them up and everything else. And then just like, again, it's not for the fact of like trying to catch up more of their life, but it's just for the rest of the family that is there. 
how can I be there more to enjoy it? Because my soul feels good when I'm there, right? So it's, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's really important in a sense, you know? 100%, man, 100%. So yeah, man, so the, things are going well. Um, by the time this airs, we should be pretty close to opening the hotel. We just committed to an open date of October 14th, which is really aggressive for where we are right now. So the next uh, couple of weeks of my life are going to be dedicated to, to getting that baby open, but it's, it's coming along really nice. Actually flew up some, some of my crew from Orlando to help get it over the line and they've just been crushing it. Um, so I took them out to dinner last night, had a good time and, uh, just getting after it, man. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, before we start the show, talking about crew and like why I think like the reason, like, you know, like your crew in Orlando, it's so good at what they do, right? That they're now coming to help you with your next thing. And I just finished reading this book called Unreasonable Hospitality. And I have been talking about it and I actually told our boardroom group, I'm like, I want you all guys to read this. Not even like, it's not a suggestion, right? And I hope they understood that because I'm like, it needs to be in the back of your mind in terms of understanding hospitality and for the people like us to play in the boutique space, it's, it's, it is what's going to make the difference for you. So go grab a copy. We don't get nothing from it. It just honestly, it's been one of the best books I've read all year. And it really super fired me up in terms of like, I don't know, it just made me feel heard in terms of like the way of how I always felt about hospitality and the gift that we have in doing what it is that we do in terms of making people's lives kind of special, right? Because if you think about it, people come to our homes for all kinds of events in their life. You might have in a year, you might have a guest coming for a wedding, a funeral, an anniversary, a proposal, a friend reunion, a family reunion. And the one thing that all these guests, all these experiences have in common is your home and your hospitality. So it's your duty to do it to the best of your ability and to like sparkle your little bit of magic into their life. Yeah. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. And, uh, the episode today that we just recorded that you guys are about to hear was phenomenal with, uh, Luke Carl from the short term shop. We've had his wife, Avery Carl on the podcast before she spoke at WealthCon, uh, last year. And just an amazing couple, just great people, good energy, just, you know, doing really big things, but always doing everything with integrity and, you know, keeping family in mind for everything. It's just, just great people. And I love how, you know, one of our core values is keep it simple. Right. And when we, when we were kind of drilling Luke on, you know, the nuts and bolts of the business and he's like, just basically just keep it simple. You don't need 50 different softwares to do this. Like, it's not that crazy. You know, don't overthink it, get the, get the right property, get the right design, and then keep it simple. Like it, it's, that's, that's really the key. Cause you can get bogged down in all the tech and everything else, but I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode and we're really pumped to share it with you guys. So without further ado, Mr. Luke Carl. All right. On today's show, we have the one and only Luke Carl with us today. Super pumped to have you here, Luke. We've, we've spoken your lovely wife numerous times at this point, gotten to hang out with her, but we finally got you on here and uh, really excited to have you, man. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. I'm a big fan and uh, I'm very grateful to be here. Awesome, man. Well, we're glad to have you. So let, let's start from the beginning, right? We've heard it from Avery's side of the house, but you know, what was your background and how did you guys get into the whole real estate game 
and then we'll kind of get us up to speed on what you guys got going on now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for those that don't know, uh, Avery Carl is my, my wife, my lovely wife. And, uh, she's, uh, you know, obviously pretty big in the real estate sales side of things, uh, agent. Um, and, and of course, uh, the short-term shop is, is our company, but you know, back in the day, her story, I actually do tell the story a little different than she does. Um, even though we were both there. Um, and for me, the way I got into real estate was simply, uh, we, we met in the big city. We were both uh, small town people. Uh, we grew up in small towns and, and fairly well-traveled uh, at you know young age. And we both ended up in New York City, and that's where we met. And uh, she's from the South and wanted to live a little closer to family. So we ended up in Tennessee. And then so basically it was as simple as that. We went from a place where it was like, you know, $3 million for 500 square foot condo to, or a town, a, a co-op or whatever to, to, to a place where you could actually buy a house. And, uh, we just, it, it just kind of happened, you know? And so we started shopping and bought our first house. And I think uh, it was 2012. And, uh, and that was, uh, we lived in it for a while. It was what you would call today, um, probably what you would call a, a live in flip, I suppose. Uh, we didn't know that at the time, but you know, as we bought this house and then next thing you know, everything started falling apart. So we had to start fixing it. And, and that, that house, I, we did every trick in the book. Uh, we, we rehabbed it, you know, top to bottom, uh, windows, septic, HVAC, all that kind of stuff, floors. Um, and then eventually we moved out and put a tenant in there. Um, and, uh, then eventually we ended up selling it, um, a few years later with the two out of last five year rule thing. Uh, what else? I sold it to the tenant that was living in it. Um, so that story was kind of a, you know, a, just, I mean, it was a launch pad. I mean, actually, if you want to know the truth, hold on, this, this story is worth telling. Let me back up to the New York thing. When I was living in the city, you know, young age, uh, I moved into an, it was a Craigslist apartment. I don't think I've ever told this story really, other than just to personal friends. And, uh, and it's, I think it's been long enough. I can't get in trouble. Uh, but my very first landlording experience was I, I moved into this apartment. The late, the girl that was my roommate, she was moving out and she said, uh, you know, wh why don't we talk to the landlord about you taking this place over? And so when that happened, I found out how much the rent actually was versus what she was charging me. And that's when it was like, whoa, holy crap. You know, I think the rent was like 1100 bucks and I was paying 850. Uh, and we both had the same exact room, you know, like on the other ends of the the apartment. So I took the lease. I built a wall. She was living in the living room uh, with a curtain. I built a wall, which was not legal, I would imagine. And, uh, and I started renting that room out for, you know, I was paying like 400 bucks a month in New York City. And that was like my first landlording experience. So uh, we moved to Tennessee where we could finally buy a house and, and we started saving our pennies and working our rear ends off. And uh, next thing you know, we were kind of uh, head face, uh, face first into uh, a rental real estate after that. So you got arbitrage kind of technically without knowing. Yeah, I kind of did. Not, yeah. To not call it something else. You know I mean? Let's, let's say you got arbitrage yeah. by this girl and then kind of like switch on the lights. You know, what's funny. My little brother also rented a place and built himself a wall to separate it from his roommate at the time. So it's very funny. So you guys started with that. So what was the first property you bought at was it short-term rentals from the, from the get-go? Did you guys get started doing long-terms? Yeah, so we, we, when we bought that first house to live in, we were hooked, instantly hooked. And yeah, Avery, 
very early on when I first met her, she's, I remember vividly, she, we were sitting on my couch and she said, I think I want to get my real estate license. And I was like, what the hell does that, I didn't even know what that meant, you know? And, uh, some years went by and, and next thing you know, uh, we bought that house to live in and, and we got hooked. Uh, we, you know, she, she took to real estate at an uh, early age and, and, uh, and it, it rubbed off on me. And, um, so we got hooked on that buying process and, I think we both knew. I think that's where it kind of clicked for her. Okay, maybe this real estate license thing is for me. Maybe I could be an agent. And then I actually gravitated towards, uh, I actually, believe it or not, went to home inspector school. I was like, so I was obsessed with the process and I didn't know where my path was going to be, but I I liked that dude who inspected our house. (laughs) So I went to home inspector school, believe it or not. And it never went anywhere. I knew knew it wasn't something I wanted to pursue. And I already had a, a decent day job, but that was it. We were hooked. And then, so we just said, you know what, let's get another house and rent it out. And this was before we ever heard of, uh, of course, rich dad, uh, which I always have a copy nearby me, you know, uh, or bigger pockets or, or any, any content whatsoever. And there really wasn't much back then anyway. Um, so we just did the old fashioned 20% down thing on a long-term rental, um, outside of Nashville. And again, we were hooked. Uh, but the problem there was, is that the, the house we bought, you know, like Nashville at the time, it was fairly affordable, but then the next thing you know, you blinked your eye and it was like, it skyrocketed. It was like an Austin. Everybody knows uh, if you know anything about the South, uh, uh, Nashville just went insane. So we couldn't duplicate that process. Um, we went, went very well. Our first long-term rental, went very, very well. Numbers were great. I, I rehabbed it myself, scraped the ceilings, uh, put the carpet and all that, you know? And, uh, and so then Avery was like, Hey, why don't we just go to the mountains? They're right down the road. Um, and they have cabins there that we could rent out. So for me, it was as simple as that. I was just looking for another rental property. Um, really had nothing to do with the fact that it was, to me, it was just like, okay, instead of Zillow, renting it on Zillow, I'm going to rent it on, uh, Airbnb, which at the time was, fairly unheard of. Um, and, uh, and that, that was pr- pretty much as simple as that. Uh, we, we went to the mountains, uh, bought one or two, had some, some good success and it, and it went from there. So were you guys still living in that first house when you bought the second rental or did you kind of rent out that whole house and then move into the new one to like live and flip again? No, nope, we bought the second one with the regular old, uh, investment loan. Um, and we, we actually lived in that first one for five or six years, I think. Okay. Once you got into the short-term rentals, was it like a light bulb moment? Like, was your cash flow substantially higher from those, or was it still kind of early days where you know before it really blew up? I would say it's somewhere in the middle. Um, it was definitely attracting uh, other people and friends of ours were trying to get involved with us and things like that. And of course, we ran out of money. We we you know as as that happens when you buy real estate, it's expensive. You know so. We were, I, I'm, I come from a very, you know, normal, uh, my dad was a mailman and he's a great dude, but there, you know, I, I, I didn't really have any of this kind of stuff around when I was a kid, uh, you know, with wealth building and things like that. Um, so we just bootstrapped it and put ourselves on a budget and lived on next to nothing for a long time and threw all, all of our pennies at the fire and bought a cabin in the Smokies that went really well. Um, as, and still to this day, we, we still own that one. It's the longest running Airbnb in the Smokies. And, uh, because, you know, back then it was like Verbo and, and Airbnb was like this new kind of, you know, they really didn't get started until like 2011 ish. Um, and this would have been about 2015, somewhere in there. 
but anyway, so we, we bought one and again, hooked, still like obsessed. So we just kept saving our pennies and we started selling stuff and, uh, and throwing our money on the fire. We ended up with three and then I found a, a buddy to partner with. Uh, he actually already had short terms. I had no idea. I'd known him for years. Um, we were at a bar one night on the way to a rock and roll show, which is how I knew him from the rock and roll world. And uh, we started talking about uh, deadbolts and, and I'm like, how the hell do you know about that deadbolt? What, what are you talking about? And he's like, I've got some vacation rentals in Florida. And I'm like, what? And again, this was like 2015 and it wasn't really that common at the time. And he was self-managing them from Ohio and uh, he didn't know anything about Airbnb. Um, he was Verbo only. And so we ended up partnering together on two uh, cabins and then, uh, and, and then it just kind of grew and grew from there. That, that was the two, two, we, we didn't continue that relationship, the partnership. Uh, I, I, I kind of shut it down at that point. Honestly, I didn't think I could handle anymore uh, because back then there was no management softwares and I was doing everything manually with a day job. Um, and so uh, I was at my max, I felt at that point. And that's what, like six proper, five, six properties, like totally manual. Yep. Uh, five short terms and a long term, which I was managing that one uh, myself as well. Um, so that mm. then we started getting back into long terms after those first five. Got you. Got you. And then what brought you back? Because I can so see you just sitting at a bar drinking. He's <laughs> like deadbolts. And you're like, back in the day, you were probably like, what band is that? Like, I haven't heard of it. And like, now you guys grew up and you're like, fuck that both. Like you changed them yourself. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. but so you guys did that. You kind of felt a little bit and then all of this huge wave of technology came in. And it's so funny because I remember me running, Ryan the Villas on this Excel spreadsheet and they give people's credit card and like the sticky notes and putting that into my agenda and like charging people manually. Right. So it was definitely a full-time job. So you switch back to the long terms. Did you guys still do like the single family long term or did you guys switch to like buying larger multifamily assets or, or what was that little piece of your journey? Like, Eventually we did. Of course, it takes money, you know, so it was a lot of patience involved. And I've heard your stories e, about the, uh, the, 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 the spreadsheets and et cetera. And I'm like, I know exactly what he's talking about, you know. But yeah, so we switched back to long terms at that time. And, and of course, you know, this we're talking, you know pretty long periods of time in the middle there because it takes a long time to save up down payments. Um, and so we, we were, we ended up buying, um, and we moved to Chattanooga, which is again, still in Tennessee, just another section of, of the state. And they have a lot of duplexes there. So we were buying those for quite a while and I was self-managing those too. Um, and I'm very grateful for that time, uh, in my career, uh, to have, uh, self-managed those long-term rentals. I've always considered myself more of a long-term guy, uh, for sure. And the, and the short-term thing was, uh, I would say definitely Avery um, and still is. Uh, and I, I do love it. And I'm her property manager for lack of a better way to put it, you know, but uh, to me, it's all just, all just rental real estate and she, but she just, man, I mean, she, she's an amazing person for one thing, but she, uh, she did grow up uh, going on the road. You know, she, her dad was a pro golfer, uh, which Mike, I think you know that because you're a big golfer. I know. And so she grew up in a motorhome on the road uh, as a young child. And um, so she's got it in her blood just to go, 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 go. And uh, but anyway, yeah, so we started buying duplexes in Chattanooga. And, you know, time goes by, time goes by and years go by. And the next thing you know, you know, you just stack one up here and there and stack another one. And and the next thing you know, you got a pretty decent portfolio. And we did eventually get into apartments that did, you know, took a while. I think we bought our first apartment maybe 
three and a half years ago now. Um, and, uh, and now we've got several of them. Um, and I like that a lot. I do. It's a completely different animal, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's almost the exact same in a lot of ways. It's just rental real estate, but, uh, but yeah. On the, uh, on the apartments, just out of curiosity. And then I want to like take that step back and look at holistically all the stuff you guys got going on. Are you more like the GP on that? Or are you guys investing like passively in syndications or what does that look like for you guys? Um, so I just, yeah, we just own them, uh, outright basically, um, no partners. Uh, I'm in one syndication. I don't know that that's necessarily, uh, for me, I would do it again, I think, but, um, I, I would prefer to own the asset. And it, it, again, the syndications have a wonderful, um, upside, uh, and, and you don't have to do anything, which is great. And if you know, if you know somebody that knows what they're doing, it's, there's no, it's a no brainer. If you got extra dough running, laying around. Um, absolutely do that. Um, and, and Mike, uh, if w- next time you raise money for a hotel, I'm in, cause I, I know that, I know that there's a big, big future there for you. And I look forward to, to seeing where that evolves. Uh, but, uh, uh our apartment buildings are fairly small, um, uh, modest, uh, actually the, the, one of them we bought that very first, uh, house in outside of Nashville, we 1031 exchanged into, now I don't want this to come across as some like podcast headline because you guys know what reality is. Uh, but we did 1031 that first rental property into a 26 unit uh, apartment building with, of course, and this is what I was getting at with extra cash. And it was a dump. Uh, you know, I mean a dump we've owned it for two and a half years now and it's still, it's getting a a new roof right now, still just endless amounts of work. And, it it was it had it's got uh, four buildings and one of them eight it was at eight unit eight of the twenty six was completely empty because it you couldn't live in it at the time the roof was leaking so bad and um, so you know uh, you hear all these crazy real estate stories about I I bought one house and turned it into twenty six units and yeah I did that but man it does not it's not like that in real life you know you're killing yourself and and uh, and I love that part of it I like to work hard I was raised to work hard. Um, I have no idea what the actual question was at this point. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's great. I was more curious of like, are you are you more on the active investing side, like yes. running deals, or like the syndication passive side? So that that's good for context too for everybody. Um, I feel like Avery and, and Luke could not be just on the passive side. They would just be looking at each other, being like, "What are we doing? Like, do you have something to do?" Because like you guys also still. And now I understand the RV parts of thing a little bit more, right? You guys travel the country with your RV because I see you guys every summer, right? You take this crazy trip with the kids and everything else. And I'm like, my idea of like, and I make this joke all the time. People are like, what's your favorite kind of camping? I'm like, it's a five-star resort. <laughs> That's my style of camping, right? So it's just like, it makes a lot more sense. So I don't know if Mike was going somewhere, but like, so now you guys have all of these things going on. You still have the family. So where do you guys spend? So where do you spend most of your time? Like, how would you say your time goes? Uh, I would say that my, I'm full-time with the short-term shop, helping out with the business. It's a big company uh, at this point. And uh, I, I had a wonderful day job that I was madly in love with. I was a full-time on the radio, uh, in rock and roll radio. And uh, I, I gave that up full-time around 90 doors. I had uh, to the point where I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I, and I hated it to see it go, uh, because it wasn't my dream job. And, and also you see all these people, I bought four houses and quit my job. And, and, you know, I mean, Mike, you know, that's, that's not realistic, you know? Uh, but, uh, but it can be done. I did it and, and I didn't want to, uh, but it, 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 I still do that on the weekends, uh, by the way, just for fun. Um, but 
at that point, the the shop got to be so big that she needed all the help she could get. And, you know, uh, I wanted to be there to help her. And so, and I've always helped. Um, I teach classes, you know, clients come through, they want to learn how to be a landlord basically. Um, and, uh, and that's what I do there. And, and just some behind the scenes stuff, uh, with the shop. So I would say that's my day job these days, but, um, and then of course the real estate, you know, it's passive is not a real word, you know, I mean, I've got a few hundred units and uh, life is wonderful, but it is a lot of work. And, and I would say my biggest gig there is, is um, main uh, relationships with multiple, diff you know, different types of personalities, constant, you know, this guy's over here drunk doing that when he's supposed to be working on the tile and this guy didn't show up and this plumber did that. And that's the bulk of my real estate owned uh, side of the business. Uh, I do all of that stuff. Uh, all I have manager property managers on the long terms, but that doesn't mean much because if you don't manage them, uh, the, then things don't go the way you want them to. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at was how do you guys divide and conquer now? Cause short-term shop is massive, right? It, it, you guys have done a phenomenal job. How many markets are you guys in now? It's, it's a lot. Uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so we're in 20 now. It's been absolutely insane. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm so grateful. It's, it's completely changed our lives and we've always been extremely hardworking people. Avery is also, she's not human. You got to understand she's not a regular human. I thought she was kidding. When, when we were hanging out in Nashville, she's like, I got to go to bed. It was like seven o'clock and I thought she was <laughs> yeah. kidding. She's like, no, I get up at like three. I'm like, what? Yeah. She's like, no, well, and also, okay. Uh, Mike, she doesn't go to bed. She plugs herself in at night. She's not I figured, I'm telling you. I figured. She's superhuman and I'm very proud of her. She's just an amazing person. And and I also have an incredible work ethic. Uh, but thank you. Yeah, the shop is is uh it's it's a big machine. And uh at this at the end of the day, though, we do take pride in it being just our family. Uh, that's really what it is. And of course, our 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 agents who we love each and every one of them, and we curated the whole process from the beginning years ago and um, yeah, it's a, it's a, a big undertaking there. Um, uh, and it's, it's a nice mix of trying to keep that family vibe while, uh, also, uh, keeping our integrity in multiple different States, you know, STR nation want to know how I gained $817,000 in equity in 19 months using none of my own money. Well, if you haven't already heard me talk about boutique hotels, I just recorded an 18-minute case study for my private mastermind group on how I bought a tiny 13-unit hotel in Rockport and more than doubled its value from 2.25 to 5.5 million in 19 months. But instead of keeping this one a secret, I decided to share it with you guys completely free. Just go to www.strsecrets.com hotels to access the case study and promise in just 18 minutes, you'll know why boutique hotels are my favorite STR strategy in 2023. I break down everything from the renovations, the location, the investment, the equity, the financing, and how to take advantage of forced appreciation. So when you have 20 minutes, go to www.strsecrets.com hotels. And now let's get into this week's episode. Because you guys deal with so many different new and seasoned investors, I'd love to hear your take on, you know, what would some advice be for somebody that might be getting into their first deal that maybe they're not, maybe they're not aware of, right? It's like, you don't know what you don't know at the beginning and where you guys see so many people and you're helping them on the, the management side of like, okay, cool. We can help you get this deal, but then you got to like run it on the back end. What do you think are some of the big mistakes or the blind spots that some newer folks might be missing at the beginning? Uh, I think they just, for, man, they get in their own way. Um, I think that 
at this point, there's so much content, not only just the content, but softwares and so many things to completely overwhelm yourself. I'm fairly grateful that that didn't exist when we first started. You know, uh, it was very simple back then, as you guys know, because you guys were early adopters. And it was, you know, I, I was running from Airbnb to to my Verbo. I had my laptop out. You know, the apps were terrible and Verbo's app still is terrible. Uh, and you had to run from Airbnb to Verbo and block it off. You couldn't even sync calendars, you know. So I come from a completely different perspective. And I honestly... I don't know what it would be like if I were to start this whole journey today. I don't think it would be uh, something I, I, I I'm kind of glad I cut my teeth back when it was more difficult. Um, but to, to answer your question, I think that people are getting in. I'm defending them by my first statement uh, because I would, I don't know how I would handle it today, but I think they get in their own way. There's just so much to trip people up. Um, and, and uh, they, Drives themselves a little bit too nuts when really at the end of the day, all it is is a damn house. Just buy it, rent it, and learn from your mistakes. It's the best, best advice I can give, I guess. Mm -hmm. I love that. Simple. Yeah, keep it simple, stupid, right? Yeah. And I think also that. like there is there is this thing about overcomplicating things. And I think people don't understand that like just do less but do it well. And then once you're doing whatever less is, to the best of its ability, then you add on. And then if that's not doing well for you, then go back to doing less. Because I'd rather you do less but well than do lots not well. Because then your business will suffer, right? And all these softwares, and again, that's, I think that's one of the biggest questions we see or I see in all these communities is like, what is the best property management software out there? Bro, it's whatever floats your boat whatever color scheme you like, whatever thing you like, whatever syncs with your shit. And like we, I used to do this thing with like nothing and like, and it does run a lot better. RVAs couldn't do what they do with me writing everything on an Excel spreadsheet. Right. But like, again, at the same time, I do miss some aspects of it. And for me, what's finding also is like, I miss, I miss the people a lot of the times. So when I do get to meet our guests, I'm like, I miss it because I love this hospitality aspect of it. What I, my question was going to be is going back to what you were talking about earlier is finding that balance of working with your spouse and being life partners while being business partners. And like, how did you guys do it? And like, I assume like just, I know me and Tasha have our moments that you're just like, holy shit. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for a walk and I, I think you should go for a walk too. And we should just walk for a while because I'm like, well, this is not, like, this, is not like, this is not working out at all. And I, you know, and, and it's, it's hard. And I'll share my perspective on it. It's sometimes it's so hard to switch it off, right? Like if you had an intense day, you just, you're having dinner and they'll do like the smallest thing and you just are like, so in the day still they're like why are you counting that like that and it's such a like small stupid thing that just gets blown out of proportion and it's hard and sometimes i'm like bro like we're doing all of this to enjoy this this a little bit more right without having to worry about it so what has that journey been like for you and how is it supporting a super driven woman because that's also that can be easy, right? Uh, 
I would like to give you a hug right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, great, great job. Bravo. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's not easy. It's not. Um, my, my best piece of advice there, uh, not that just anybody's going to end up finding themselves in a situation like this, uh, but uh, is stay out of, stay the hell out of her lane. You know, anybody that's married, it's really the same thing, you know, uh, and we've been married for 10 years now and, and she's just amazing. And I love her to, more than, more than ever. And, uh, but she's, powerful she is of driving force but she's also very sweet she's southern um and uh and i i'm i'm a little more on the yankee side so we do have that difference as well uh but you know i just stay out of her lane um i guess uh it's gotten a lot better um as far as uh happiness level is concerned over the years because we've both we are both extremely driven people that were out there looking for something that we didn't have before and I feel that uh, we're getting closer every day to to, to reaching um, whatever that uh, you know goal is of of just happiness and spirituality. Um, so that's really awesome. You know, there's a big there's a big uh, identity uh, situation going on there. Um, you know, and and I finally have reached heights that I knew I was worthy of. You know, I mean, like let me put it in perspective. Used to be when I was young and broke. Uh, I'd go to a dinner with friends or whatever, and I would be like uh, kind of down on myself that I couldn't uh, pick up the bill or, or, or I'm also, I bartended for a really long time and I like to tip really big because of that, by the way, uh, man, people in the service industry are always the best short-term hosts. <laughs> uh, it's very similar, but um, you know, I've over time been able to turn myself into the guy that I wanted to be. Uh, and so that, that, and she sees that too. And I see it in her. And so we just, the respect just grows and grows and grows, <clears throat> but E yeah. Uh, there are times where, well, you got to go on those long walks, man. <laughs> no, I love that. And I, and I, so I've this, this, this book that I talked at the intro of the show, it, it's called unreasonable hospitality. And I've been completely in love with this book. I picked it up less than a week ago and I've just been eating through it. And there is really that, going back to what you said just now about like people that work in the hospitality, especially in like restaurants and like bars, right? There's this over pride in doing hospitality, but there is also this other side of hospitality where there is kind of like a looking down on. And like, it comes to a point that like, if you're able to like harness that. And I remember myself when I started as a maintenance guy, I did have this kind of back of the head conversation that was like, why am I vacuuming shit that is overflowing from this toilet? I have a college degree. I should be doing other things, yada, yada. But once you start falling in love with like taking care of people and you sharpen your antennas in terms of like what you're creating, you are one of the greatest hospitality people out there, especially like being a bartender. Like you, you get to like pick up the vibe of the person that's coming to you and be like, did this guy or this girl have a shitty day? Do they need a hug? Do they need a, like physically you can probably hug people just off the bat, but you're like, how do I do that? Right. And it's not those skills that you sharpen. And I'm so happy that you get to now be that guy that is just not only yeah, has created so much success, but now you're like, dude, I can tip super fat the way that I would have loved to be tipped by this, by this guy or this girl that like has, has a talent, right? Because you're, I'm, I'm assuming you're not tipping people that are giving you shitty service, but you're tipping people that are like, 
you give me great service and you're such a like walking example of like, I was you and I furnished this little je ne sais quoi that you have, right? This like little sauce that you have and I see you, right? And I think that is so special because I know you make, you make their day, right? Because you remember when somebody gave you like a hundred dollar tip? I remember when like the New Yorkers would come down to Florida and after the whole week staying with us, they were like, this was the greatest service you have. They give me a hundred dollars. That felt more than my weekly salary and it was less but just the being seen by somebody and being like a knowledge above and beyond for what you have done there's no greater feeling right i still yeah. love getting tips now when people tip me now i'm like you really shouldn't tip me because <laughs> yeah not, not only that I run but, this place you know you know i learned a lot about people by doing i i owned a, a bar in, in manhattan actually at the age of 25 and that sounds impressive and it wasn't it was a 550 square foot dump and it smelled bad and we had cheap beer and loud rock and roll uh and my my boss she owned five bars in the same neighborhood and, and uh, she was getting ready to open this place and she said i want you to run it and i'm gonna give you 25 percent. and i'm like hell yeah i was 25 years old um and it was uh, an amazing time but man i learned so much about people um and judging character uh and i did it for too long if i had to go back i would have not done it for so long um but uh i'm very invaluable and i'm glad you brought up that book unreasonable hospitality i'm same thing i read that about two months ago and i've been riding high on that uh will gardera uh love in madison park and uh fantastic absolutely fantastic just some really great stuff in there i mean i was writing quotes down from that book dude i under like i took the highlighter like i'm on an italian beach drinking like a white wine on this little beds with a highlighter just highlighting things at the beach and my wife is like why are you so embarrassed like why do you have a highlighter with you at the beach because i'm like it's so good and like i'm not a like i love those success stories and literally when they like when you go through the book you'll see them grow and succeed and like i'm like that is what fires me up right it's like the bigger than life vision that you give to your team and the understanding that like if you have that vision it is your is your duty to like share it with your team and create it in such an environment in such a culture that empowers everybody because like what would the short-term shop be if you guys didn't make it what do all these people be doing without you guys, right? Something else for sure. And uh, you know what I'm saying? But it will be different. It will be less. It will be maybe like completely different. But at the same time, you guys, by having this huge vision and being so unapologetically, let's use unreasonable in like kind of chasing it, you created a gift for everybody that works with you, right? And just something that like you couldn't have done if you guys didn't do it. So if you can dream it, you know what would what's his quote that his dad says like what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail tying that in you know talking about like vision you know where where are you guys going with short-term shop and you know what are you know some of the goals that you guys have for that business and what are you guys striving for right now what are you excited about man you know we're uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way, way things are and again I, that's her lane i definitely stay out of that as much as possible um i i, I give my opinions when they're asked for um, but, uh, you know, we're pretty happy with the way things are going there. Uh, it's also a really weird market right now. So, uh, let's, you know, <laughs> that's no secret, <laughs> but, uh, 
Uh, yeah, we're just super grateful, man. And and I'm giving more than I've ever given. Uh, we throw another book out there, go giver. Uh, that's definitely the way I live my life. And, uh, every dollar that goes out, $3 will come back kind of thing. And, uh, but man, for me again, it's been a, it's been a spiritual situation where 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 is the top of this ladder? Where it what is at the top of it? Why am I killing myself every day? Um, and I'll be honest, that completely changed. And I know you guys uh, can relate to uh, when I had uh, my kids. You know, so the kids are really uh, it, it's a hundred percent at this point, and uh, they they are the greatest thing. I never I don't know what took me so long. I'm in I've got all this gray hair now. And I've got a three-year-old, um, but uh, man, making the world a better place uh, for them is 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 the priority. Um, and I, I've I'm not going to say I've met all my real estate goals. Absolutely not. You know, I, there's definitely way more uh, hills to climb, and um, I would love to take down another apartment building uh, if and when the uh, the time is right, um, aka when I can get a good deal. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yes, yeah, guys, the limit, space is the place. You guys know that. I love it, man. Yeah, I love that. And uh, the reason I like to ask folks like you about that is, you know, outside looking in, like you guys have ch- achieved so much, you know, from the the business success. And I always love to like get in the the minds of of those types of people to figure out how have priorities changed, how has the vision changed, all these things. And it's funny you brought that up because, you know, the last twelve months I've been doing a lot of that reevaluating about like how high am I going? Like, where do I want to get to? Like, what is the point of all this? Right. Another, just had another hotel deal come across my desk. That looks very nice. And I'm like, okay, well, do I want to spend the time to do this for the next 12 months? I'm wrapping up one. Do I want to dive back into another one? We got, you know, some, some family stuff going on, good stuff, positive stuff, but you know, you you just reevaluate. And that's why I always start with people, especially new folks. If what is, what is your ideal outcome? What do you, what do you want to get from this business? Why are you doing this? Cause you don't need 200 properties. You know, maybe you just want a few extra little income on the side, have a vacation house that pays for itself, go spend more time with the family. Like it's not a contest. You just got to do what's right for you and nobody else. And just bear that in mind. Mm, good stuff. hundred percent, you know, and and you're right. It's, a, it's the vacation part doesn't get brought up enough, guys. We have a secret weapon. We have a secret weapon that nobody else has. Mobile home parks, storage units, strip malls, retail, office buildings. Nobody's going on vacation in any of that stuff. And we can go on vacation in our houses whenever we want. And I'll be honest, and I bet, I bet it was similar to for you guys. I'm, I'm will, I would love to hear your side of this. When I first started, I could never dream of going to one of my houses and actually enjoying myself. It was it was miserable. I was com- I was completely obsessed with every tiny little nut and bolt and nail and screw and hammer and light bulb and driving the Avery nuts and the kids were so little and uh, I mean they weren't even around back then, you know, and 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 ten, 10 years go by. 15 years goes goes by and you've got a 30-year note and all of a sudden, man, you got a little breathing room there. It's like, "Hey, this thing's half paid off." And all I did was like go to sleep and wake up one day. <laughs> And I can take my kids there, man. It's a secret weapon. It's so freaking cool. And to E's point, I have gotten so much more involved with my guests over the years. I remember when the management softwares first came out. For me, it was, I think it was IGMS was my first experience. And I think they were kind of the first one, really. Uh, and at least that I was aware of. And I, that when that thing came out, I was like, this is amazing. I'm never talking to anybody ever again, you know? 
And then now years go by uh, and uh, the, the bartender in me comes back out. I love showing these people a good time. I, I like getting the psychology of it. I like uh, telling them, no, because you can stop them from having a bad time because they're so, they get in their own way, these guests. You know, it's like, dude, wait a minute, hold on. We're not going to play that attitude in my house. If you're going to have that attitude, uh, you picked the wrong house. So I'm going to flip that around for you right now because I've been doing this for a really freaking long time. And I'm going to tell you why that attitude is wrong and how we can fix it right now. I don't have a specific example, but you guys go through it all the time. Um, and again, you know, this morning, this morning, I got a message. Uh, I uh, proposed to my, my, my now fiance in your house the other night. And that is why we do this. It's about making the world a better place. You know, in, in the early days for me, it was like just trying to find some freedom in my life. I didn't want to have to worry about the man, you know, holding me down and telling me what to do, the whole rock and roll thing. But as time goes by, it, it really is about the universe. The universe is listening. And, and if you can provide these folks with a great place to make these memories, man, it's, 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 a, it's a very special thing. I love that. I love that. Well, before we get into the last question, that was um, great, Luke. I love. That. I want to first thank you for coming You're on. Inspired here, by uh, by you guys. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's it's a mutual brotherly love. I'll tell you that. So, thank you again for coming on here, man, and, and just sharing your journey with everybody and inspiring a lot of people. And the amount of people that you guys are helping through the different ventures that you guys are involved in is is incredible. And um, super grateful to to know you guys and continue to get to know you better and watch your journey. Um, but before we get into the last question, where can folks learn more about you guys, short-term shop, the books, all the good stuff that you guys have going on? Speaking at BPCon in a few weeks, super exciting for you guys for that. Where can folks get all the, the lowdown on you guys? Yeah, you nailed it, man. Shorttermshop.com. And uh, and the YouTube channel, I'm pretty active on there. I, I have my own podcast, Short-Term Rental Management, uh, where I just preach about you know um, nuts and bolts of uh, landlording. It's really, you know, it's what it is. Um, I'm not too active on socials, but, uh, the, the shop is, uh, and, um, and, uh, and the YouTube channel is probably the best place. Perfect. Perfect. So we'll get all those links down in the show notes for you guys. So the last question that we ask all of our guests is what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals? Uh, wake up earlier, <laughs> uh, read more books, wake up earlier. Uh, but when it comes to the short terms themselves, you know, don't overthink it. Uh, that would be my number one thing. People just go nuts. I get all these people, they come in and they're brand new and they say, oh, I got to get my owner res, my breezeway, my turno, my uh, resort clean and this, that, that app and this app. I got to get them all hooked together. And I'm like, why? You don't even know what these websites do yet. Just chill, man, you know? Uh, and then as you find a need for these things, or if you find it, because I'm going to tell you right now, you get into this, you get shot out of a cannon. It's wonderful. Do that you're going to end up deleting a bunch of those websites at some point. You don't need all that crap, but I don't even know if I answered your question. I love you guys. I'm a subscriber. have been for quite some time. Um, e, I've always uh, loved uh, your banter and the wonderful things that you say. And uh, Mike, uh, I'm a fan. Um, just super grateful to actually finally make this happen um, and keep doing what you're doing. You guys are wonderful. Awesome. Likewise, brother. Yeah. We could we could rent off for for a while, so maybe I'll come up to Orlando to see you when you guys are doing BP Garden. I would love can, that, and the bar will sit be down open. For a yeah, the bar will perfect. be open, and I tip I tip big. So let's go. <laughs> let's do this. Love it. love it. Well, thank you again, Luke, for listeners. Hope you guys get a lot of value out of this. Check out the show notes. Make make sure you guys follow Luke and Avery and all the short term shop. Get the book from uh, Bigger Pockets. 
head out to BPCon. And then uh, in February, come hang out with us in, uh, in Nashville again. But that is it for this week, everybody. Have an amazing week, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.